This podcast contains mature content, including, but not limited to, profanity, sex, nudity, wait, what? And the occasional spoilers. Oh, God. This episode contains content that may be triggering to some of our listeners. Please check the episode description for more information. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, 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 hello. Did you out-hello me? I wasn't counting, but you might have. That was the goal, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's hard. Right? (laughs) Okay, a binder book. Okay, a binder book. Uh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. It's cold and rainy here. And I'm just kind of super low energy today. So mm-hmm. this should be fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is going to be so much fun. I have been looking forward <laughs> to this for a long time. So yay. Good. What did we read this week? This week, we read finally Honeymoon <laughs> for One by Kira Andrews. Kira Andrews. Bonus. We both listened to the audiobook. And guess who narrated that? Jim Dale. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine Jim Dale doing a Kira Andrews book? (laughs) No. That would be hilarious. Holy shit. That would would go comedy real fast. (laughs) It would have to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. I love it. So it was read by Joe Leslie. Joe Leslie. Jay Les. I think we're going to need to get shot glasses out, people. I think we're up to at least three. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and we're like two minutes in. Right. I know. We're terrible. Actually, we're, we're great. We're excellent. Yes. Honeymoon for One is a lovely, lovely book by Kira Andrews set in Australia. It's the story of Ethan and Clay. At the start of the book, Ethan comes home to find his fiance fucking his best friend the night before their wedding. Dick move, dude. Dick, Dick move. Move. Dick move. The song is coming later. Yeah. <laughs> they gonna get it. They're gonna get the second chorus. Yes. Ethan is crushed. He is absolutely devastated. He has been longing to marry Michael. He and Michael have been together for several years, and Mm -hmm. Todd has been his best friend for several years. And another thing about Ethan is he is hard of hearing. He lost his hearing late in his Mm -hmm. life. What's something that he has had to deal with? And through all of that, Michael and Todd have been there with him and for him. The problem is that when he got really depressed after losing his hearing, Michael and and Todd had to lean on each other to sort of help get him through, and they fell in love, but they never said anything. Yeah. Ethan decides, you know what? Fuck all this shit. I'm going on my honeymoon to Australia, my dream trip that I have wanted to take since I was a kid. And Mm -hmm. so he hops a plane and flies to Australia. He joins this tour, and he meets this man, Clay. He's the driver of the bus that the tour is taking. And throughout the course of this trip, they strike up a friendship. And Clay is sort of a shoulder for him to lean on when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like he loses his batteries for his hearing aids and he can't hear and all of these other things. Clay is there for him. And Ethan is like, God, I've got this super crush on him, but he's straight and he has an ex-wife and he has 
kids that are almost his age and but it's a sort of slow burn friendship to lovers self-discovery story that follows their growth and from friends to love and it's a lovely story and this book really 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 every time i listen to it it really makes me want to go to australia <laughs> it's fucking hot there i'll just tell you that it, right no now. it is hot it is hot but then on the flip side it's super hot oh man you ready to just jump right in let's do it this book was written by kira andrews she is not australian herself Mm -hmm. um i was actually listening to an interview uh that she did and and um uh she was talking a little bit about um her process and she started writing in fan fiction okay and slowly found her voice in m&m romance and uh, she has a huge catalog, a lot of fans of her work. She spans a lot of genres, which is really cool. She does historical. She does, you know, modern day. She does, you know, all of these different uh, genres of, of gay romance. And um, are they all MM or has she done any WW? No, they're all MM. Uh, okay. Now, she did back in the day write some MF mm-hmm. fiction, but uh, but she really loves an MM story, and she will always guarantee you a happy ending. That's always nice. She does like a little angst sprinkled in there. Yeah. And some of her some of her books are a little more angsty than others, but uh, but I have always enjoyed her very very much, and this is I think my favorite of hers. Oh, that's so good. She reminded me a lot of N.R. Walker. Mm-hmm. For a good period of the book, I legit forgot that it was Kira and was like, oh, this N.R. Walker book I'm reading. Right. They felt very, very, very similar. They do have a similar tone. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the plot, again, I've only read one of each of these authors, but the plot from Galaxies and Oceans to this felt very similar. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because I got nine or ten chapters in it and I was looking for the book in my hoopla and I was like, dang it, where did that N.R. Walker book go? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and Joel gives a beautiful performance in mm-hmm. this story. The, those first two chapters where Ethan discovers the infidelity mm-hmm. and the betrayal and him deciding to leave and go to his honeymoon by himself those two first chapters that's a master class in audio performance i agree completely i mean it started off with a bang and every emotion across the board in the first 20 minutes of the book Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so well done I, i think in less capable hands or in this case less capable vocal cords um you know it wouldn't have been as compelling um, right. And, he really uh, performed it really, really well. Yeah, yeah. So love Kira, love Joel. Um, and I always love, I've, I think this was my fifth or sixth pass at this book. Oh, wow. So I, I really enjoy it. I'm glad. Our dear sweet boy, Ethan, is just being cheated on in the cruelest of ways. It's not only his fiance, and it's not only the night before their wedding, but it is his best friend mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. It is just such a horrible betrayal. You said it. Joel Leslie just took that moment and ran with it. He brought it so much more to life than if it had just been on paper. Mm -hmm. He knocked that out of the park. Just Mm -hmm. nailed it. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and it's just so you feel angry and mm-hmm. you feel dirty. You know, reading it, it would be like, oh, they suck. They're the worst. But with his performance, I felt like I had also been cheated on. Yeah. You know, well, he made it so, so very real. He just did such a fantastic job. The character of Ethan is you have such a sympathy for him because, you know, he's lost all of his family. His parents mm-hmm. died when he was younger. Um, he doesn't have any other family other than, you know, an uncle on his dad's side. And so Michael and Todd have been his world. And he was so looking forward to finally having a family, finally yeah. having a, a sister. Yes. In Clara, mm-hmm. Michael's sister, who they have a, a wonderful friendship. And, uh, and another sort of slap to the face is that after he storms out of the apartment after finding them in bed, he runs into her and they sit down and she's like, tell me what happened. And he tells her and she's not surprised. And Ethan's like, did you know? And she's like, no, but I suspected. I hate that. If you're going into a marriage and you suspect, (laughs) I mean, it's not your business, but also come on. I know. Oh, I was heartbroken for him. Mm, yeah. Such a rough, rough thing. And then the whole thing of him suspecting that his fiance was with him for health insurance. Just really. Yeah. yeah. The more agitating bit of it was that the fiance and the best friend were so sure that he would come around to their plan of polyamory. Mm-hmm. They were just so sure that when the time came and they needed to tell him that he would be okay with it. They assumed that he wouldn't mind that they had been together and that he would be willing just to jump right in. Like, that was just ridiculous to me. Yeah. I I do want to say that Ethan does make the point more than once in this book that, hey, I got nothing against anybody in a polyamorous relationship as long as they're in on it. And as long as... (laughs) It's only poly if everyone knows it's poly. Right. (laughs) If not, it's cheating. If everyone is consensual, you know? And I'm, you know... Having dated couples in my in my past, you know, I've had a blast dating couples. It's been, you know, the most fun dating experience I've ever had. Um, but again, <laughs> I was it I was present. I was in on it. You were aware. Uh-huh. I was yeah. very much aware. Yeah. Polyamory without the open communication is just cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean straight and simple. And it's such a relief when he makes it to Australia. Yeah. And he's able to sort of ignore his phone and just kind of leave that in the past and he's still devastated and he still is sad and heartbroken but Mm -hmm. it's a relief to be away yeah it's that clean break he thought he was getting a clean break yeah Mm -hmm. and then the uh the uh, clay is zaddy (laughs) so so clay is this um older he's in his 40s um he's this sort of muscular ginger australian mate and he drives the the bus of the tour and and uh yeah he's just mm, he's yummy (laughs) he's considerably older too i think there's a 17 year age gap ethan's in his 20s and clay is in his 40s Mm -hmm. if i remember correctly i don't remember the exact but i think that's one of the things that made me think oh yeah this is in our walker (laughs) Because in the beginning of Galaxies and Oceans, the main character leaves and goes for a clean break. And in the beginning of this book, he leaves and goes for a clean break. And in both books, they meet 
an older gentleman <laughs> who kind of takes him under their wings. And you know, it was just, I was like, I've read this before. <laughs> imagine, imagine Ethan and Patrick together at one time. I'd be down for that. I can't remember Patrick. <laughs> Lighthouse Keeper. Yeah, I know. I get that. I'm just trying to remember any kind of characteristic other than <laughs> the excessive use of the word fisting. <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying jobs. I know. I think that's what I took away with the most. Like the nosy neighbors, the cat's name, and fisting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. So Clay reminded me of Patrick a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But I love how um, Clay, you know, he normally doesn't engage a lot with the guests on the tour, mm-hmm. but uh, for some reason he's drawn to Ethan and he doesn't necessarily know why. Right. And they strike up this friendship and he knows that he has been through this breakup. He doesn't know the details and, mm-hmm. he, you know, he doesn't push him. Right. Well, I mean, he's trying to maintain a clean professional boundary too, absolutely. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. But he also does take him under his wing a little bit because he knows he needs a friend. He knows that he's there alone. Mm-hmm. And so he gives Ethan, you know, several little beautiful moments. You know, he, he shares with him uh, his favorite spot on this beach and uh, they meet up there one morning as the sun is rising and they have this beautiful conversation about family and they share coffee and they watch the sun come up and Ethan almost falls in the water and Clay mm-hmm. saves him and keeps him from getting his hearing aids wet, keeps him from being eaten by a saltwater crocodile. And It was a charming scene. It was really, really sweet. Um, <laughs> at this point, I should probably come clean. I did not finish this book. Oh, no. I made it 45% into the book oh. and quit. Becky. I went back and I tried at least four different times because we rescheduled this so many times. I was like, okay, that gives me time (laughs) to go back and try again, to go back and try again, to go back and try. I can't. I just, I I could not make it any farther than that. So I'm here for most of the conversation, but I won't be able to carry some some of the end of it. Okay. So where did you stop? I stopped, let me see, after I discovered that the main character trait for Clayton was that it was going to be a straight to gay and the best thing kind of going for him was that he was a dog guy. Uh. Like I made it almost halfway to the book and all I really knew about Clayton was that he drove a car, he has previously had a straight relationship and he finds himself longing for a man and he likes dogs. Oh, no. I couldn't. Oh, no. I just couldn't anymore. And this is a first for a gay abai in a book. So it's very important for me to be honest to our listeners because this happens. Not all books fit. No, that's true. It's perfectly okay to stop. Probably not when you're hosting a podcast about it. (laughs) But I look back at some of the books we've read this season and thought, why the hell did I waste my time plugging through that when I had other books that I really, really wanted to listen to or to read? So I got to this one and it just was not clicking with me on so many levels. And I just, I had to stop. All right. Coat's coming off. He's getting into uniform, everyone. He's taking his coat off. He's doing his lunges, hydrating. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So So, go for it, Joe. 
So let me talk to you a little bit about Clay. Okay. Clay is a sort of good old boy. Yes. He loves f- footy, cricket, you know, doesn't have a lot of broad interests in the world. He grew up in a very small town, a very homophobic town in Australia. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of a good old boy. He got married young because that's what they did in his small town. They had a couple of kids and uh, that's just what they did. And he had this, you know, several years of marriage to um, his wife, Barb, I believe. And uh, they are still friends. They talk yes. weekly on the phone about their kids. Their kids, uh, you know, that you've got Sam, who's uh, the daughter, and she lives with Clay. She has a boyfriend. She's going to school and she's going to be a teacher. She and Clay have a very close relationship. She's very much daddy's girl. There's there's their son. Not so much. He's a mama's boy. He's out traveling. He's always asking for money. But through all of that, he and Barb still maintain a friendship. Mm hmm. And as the relationship between Ethan and Clay develops, you know, it's it's clear that we don't have a real picture of Clay other than sort of his character mm-hmm. because he is very much an all-around good man. Now, there is a part where when Ethan loses his hearing aids and is, you know, frequency silent... Yeah. Clay takes him to this restaurant and they get food and drinks and they pass back and forth a little notebook and they Mm -hmm. have this conversation and Clay keeps it unbeknownst to Ethan. Right. Mm -hmm. And the next morning he's waking up in bed and he takes out the tablet and he begins to reread their conversation that they had. And it's very much a conversation between two good friends, but he starts to think about their time together and... He slowly just kind of almost without realizing it begins to play with himself until suddenly he's jerking off and then he's coming and he freaks out and he's like, okay, no, 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 no. This is too much. Where the hell did that come from? I'm Mm -hmm. stepping back and really kind of gives Ethan the cold shoulder until the very end of the tour. And Ethan, in the meantime, was like, what did I do? Was I too flirty did I make him uncomfortable and he's really really sad and so at the end everyone it's traditional for them to give tips to the tour guides and the driver Mm -hmm. and so Ethan goes to tell Clay goodbye and has you know an envelope of money and tries to give it and Clay is like oh mate I can't I can't take money from you. And, uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> Joel Leslie, I am not. <laughs> that was so English. <laughs> We're going for a spot of tea later. <laughs> anyway, so uh, anyway, he's like, well, if you don't want to take my money, let me let me just buy a drink, you know, before we go. And as they're, you know, visiting and, and having a drink, Clay asks where he's going to be staying. And he tells him about his Airbnb. And he was like, I guess I should figure that out, shouldn't I? And he goes to open up his email and it's been canceled. And so he is on the verge of another panic attack. It's like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've already checked out of the hotel and there's an event happening and they're full and I don't know what to do. And just kind of in the moment, Clay is like, you know what? Come back to my place. And so that's when the romance starts to kick in because Clay asks him a question. Ever since the notebook happened, Clay is very, very confused. And you learn over the course of the the third act, you get Clay's story. Mm -hmm. When Clay was a boy, he was driving home from dinner at his grandparents with his mom and his dad and his sister. And there was this boy in their town, this older teenage boy named Tony Taylor. And Clay remembers always really liking him and being 
drawn to him and looking at him without a shirt on while he's working on the truck. And when uh, they pull into their neighborhood, they hear these shouts and he stops the truck and Clay looks out and it's Tony on the ground and these boys are beating the crap out of him. And his dad says, filthy fucking queer, deserves it. And that imprints on Clay. Yeah, no joke. He shuts down and he represses that so much. And you find out about this because he and Ethan are in the truck and Ethan is talking about sexuality. Mm. And he says something about being queer. And Clay is like, hey, don't say that about yourself. That's a nasty word. Ah, okay. And that triggers the story, and that triggers the memory of Tony Taylor. Gotcha. And so it's not necessarily a straight to gay as much as it is a case of severe repression because Mm -hmm. of that traumatic experience. Because the next day, he saw Tony for the last time. They They pushed him into a truck, drove off, and nobody ever saw him again. Okay. That's a bit of background with Clay, and they get into a a conversation about sexuality and how it may be that, you know, he's never really fancied guys before that he knows. And so Ethan is talking to him. It's like, you may not be gay. Maybe you're Demi for all we know, you know? Okay. And so there's a conversation about that and, um, you know, the, the story addresses. And so, you know, I will say that, you know, Act one and two are Ethan's story, but you really, really see Clay late. It does take a while, but you do, you have hints of him throughout, but it's the third act where you really come to an understanding of how this came about, you know, because in all sense of the story, you know, there shouldn't be any relationship. Right. You know? Right. And so as they stay together, they have their first sexual encounter and it's triggered by Clay asking Ethan, when did you first kiss a bloke? And Ethan's like, huh? (laughs) 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 And that sparks this whole conversation. And then, and Ethan is like, well, I mean, you could always kiss me if you wanted to know what it was like. And, and that, triggers the thing and and so they spend the next week together he's introduced to sam who freaks out at first but only because she walked in on ethan in their house while her father was gone yeah that'll do it yeah and (laughs) she's she's like who the fuck are you and uh and so they grow to be very very close and ethan has to go home and uh clay takes him to the airport and as a listener you're like no no please don't let him go. Don't let him go. I mean, he has to go because visa, but right. don't let him go. And basically, they're like, no, no, just because there's this age gap and it's unconventional and I've we've only known each other for so long and blah, blah, blah. Why not explore what could be? Mm-hmm. And so basically, Ethan goes back to New York, gives the final fuck you to Michael and Todd. Super cunty bastard dickhead bitchy winker assholes. You graduated from the school of turds, so flip your tassel. Everybody hates you and your presence is a hassle. Super cunty bastard dickhead bitchy winker assholes. Anyway. Oh, there it is. God to, bless you. Had to throw that in there. So good. Because they deserve <laughs> it. Oh my God, yes, they do. Then he goes and he sees his uncle Charlie. Charlie helps him move out. And it's like 50 or 60 days later when he is finally able to get back to Australia. Mm-hmm. Their relationship grows. And then fast forward, I believe it's six years later, they are at a 
party and it's Clay's 50th birthday. They are married now. They've been married for a few years mm-hmm. and uh, they have this beautiful life together. Clay has started his own sort of day tour business. He has uh, like four trucks now that take people out and he's been rated the best short day trip business. And Ethan has transferred to the Australian chapter of his company and they've built this beautiful life together and it's and the book ends clay is a huge football man laird oh and you mentioned the dog he is a mm-hmm. dog guy do you know the dog's name i want to say martha but that's that's probably what? Lame. i don't i don't know <laughs> it's been a couple of days martha Fuck <laughs> i don't <off>. remember <laughs> it's gilly <laughs> Gilly. Okay. Gilly. Clay is a huge cricket fan. His favorite player is Adam Gilchrist, mm-hmm. and Gilly comes from that. So okay. um, that's the namesake. And so after the birthday party, Clay comes out of the shower and into the bedroom, and Ethan is in this little cricket uniform. He's got his little <laughs> cricket bat or bowler or whatever, and that's how the book ends, and it's lovely, and I love it, and shut up. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so just to fill you in there. Any questions? I love a happy ending. I really, really do. As someone who has read the book many, many times, do you remember your first initial impression of the reliving of the chapters from each character's perspective? Um, yeah, and I enjoy a dual point of view story. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the going back and forth because you get a little bit inside this person's head and then you get a little inside this person's head. And so there's that sort of not necessarily a clash but you get the dual point of view. And Mm -hmm. I enjoy that in a story, and I look forward to that. And now, if I'm reading a gay genre romance, I I miss that when that's not there. And it doesn't have to be there, and I don't not listen if it's not there, but I do enjoy it. Okay. When I was listening, I kept thinking, I've already heard this. (laughs) Wait, where have I heard this conversation before? Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, did I reread it? No. No, no, no. This is the other character talking now. Like, mm-hmm. it it was just one of those, I was like, okay, wait, I've heard this. Well, and what helps this story in listening to these characters, you always know who's speaking because Ethan's American. You never mistake Clay for Ethan and vice versa. Right. Well, and they have very distinct personalities, too. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I cannot spend a whole lot of time with characters who are convinced that they're an inconvenience to everyone around them. It's a super common romancy trope, and I get that, but I just can't. They drive me absolutely bonkers. There's got to be some other characteristic that we can use as readers and authors. There's got to be something other than everything I say is wrong. I can't do this. He's going to think I'm an idiot. I can't call them because they'll think I'm stupid. I, I don't know. I just could not. Absolutely could not with Ethan. Well, I don't think it's as much that as I know that people find this annoying that I have to constantly have people repeat themselves and speak slowly. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I just can't hear you. For me, it wasn't related to the hearing whenever I was experiencing that. It was very much an insecurity of him as a person, in my opinion. His worry about his loss of hearing didn't bother me because that's just something he deals with. But the personal opinion of himself really popped the bubble for me. 
Well, and for me, it it all comes down to the hearing because, you know, he's described as being very vibrant and outgoing and loved to go out and he loved to have fun and he loved to party and, and he completely changed after the hearing loss. And so it wasn't necessarily that he had a low opinion of himself. You know, he was super depressed because, you know, he lost his folks and then he lost his hearing and everything. And mm-hmm. all of his um, negativity towards himself comes from knowing that he's an annoyance to people because, you know, his being unable to hear is an inconvenience for other people. And and so he knows anytime he has to have somebody repeat something, which is always, you know, he knows that that's going to be met with annoyance. And so that makes him hesitant and to you know engage with people and go places and i don't think he has a low opinion about himself as much as he knows that his hearing loss will be you know annoying to other people but Mm, i understand that the initial frustration and the initial knee-jerk reaction is gonna be oh my god i'm an inconvenience i grasp that Mm mm-hmm But like you said, he's described as a bubbly person and you don't get any of that. And that boiled down to me that his defining characteristic was his loss of hearing. I wanted so much for the book to have representation in it, you know, but then it just boiled down to being the only defining characteristic that I could find for Ethan other than worry. It was hearing loss. Like you said, he's supposed to be this bubbly guy and you just didn't see it. You were mentioning the scene on the beach where he falls in the water and, you know, doesn't want to get his hearing aids wet and he doesn't want to get eaten by a saltwater croc. But I didn't get anything other than panic and hearing loss. And I found it uncomfortable to continue to read, not knowing much about him outside of those two things. I'll go back and log into your account and I'll finish it for you. You're welcome to. It's on my hoopla. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. One uh, fun fact about Ethan and uh, Clay is that they make an appearance in another one of Kira Andrews' books. I love it when authors do that. I love that too. It's a book about some lifeguards on Bondi Beach. And they are, you know, they save people and all the things and... Mm -hmm. There's a time of day where the current is too great and they have to have everybody come out of the water. And um, Ethan is swimming. Now, you don't know it's Ethan yet. And uh, they're calling to him to come out of the water. Mm. And he's not coming. Clay shows up. Ethan's not coming out of the water and they have to go in and get him. And so you get this bonus sort of scene. I read that book first and then I read Honeymoon for One. And then I went back and I read the, the Lifeguard book and... I had forgotten about that scene, and, then they, and I was like, ah, it's them. <laughs> I wanted more, and and so I love it. I love that. Rainbow Rowell does that occasionally with hers. Oh, yeah? And it's always just the sweetest little moments. You just get a little glimpse into the life of the characters that you have fallen for. Uh-huh. I love it when authors do that. That is the best. Such a cool thing. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons I love this book is that I love the fantasy of this book. Like mm-hmm. I've said before, romance is a fantasy. Oh yeah. genre. Yeah. First and foremost, this is not how the world works. <laughs> this is not how this is not how relationships work. Right. And I think that this gives me that moment to disconnect from reality mm-hmm. and live in this fantasy that I think would be wonderful and I think that's one of the reasons that I enjoy the gay romance genre so much. Um, takes me out of my own 
<laughs> sad reality. <laughs> it allows me to live in, you know, a world where, you know, there can be happy endings and there can be true mm-hmm. love and, you know, all you know, all of these, you know, fairy tale things that don't exist and they don't work that way. Right. That's one of the reasons that I enjoy the the genre so much. So well, I don't think that we should bother with a rating this week. <laughs> I think we know where it's going to stand. <laughs> In order to earn the right of stars, you have to have read the material. I will fully abstain. Hey, Joe, what do you rate the book? I have given it a five in the past, and I'll hold it five. Becky gives it a DNF. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's 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 fine. <laughs> I am I am low key sad though. I want you to love what I love. Your expression was not it's fine. It was anything but it's fine. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's, it's not a problem. problem. <laughs> Bonus points if you know what that's from. Okay. Uh, well, this week was a miss for me, but I have a feeling next week is going to be really, really good. You're you're not going to want to miss next week. No, you're not. We have a little bit of an announcement type thing I know. going on. Y- yeah, please, <laughs> you do not want to miss next week. I am telling you, listen. Yeah. Listen. Our true blues will always stay true and listen to our hump day quickies. But it's I'm, not a hump day quickie. It's not. It's definitely not a hump day quickie it's a next week. Surprise. We- yeah, everyone, please. Well, actually, you know, I'm not even begging. You should be here. You're going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you come back for our special surprise episode next week. You don't want to miss it. It's going to blow your mind especially if you've been listening for a while. Yes, you're going to love it. Don't be swayed. We don't always agree on this podcast about books, but I would encourage you to give this one a listen, especially for the lovely performance by Joel Leslie. Yeah. And I I do love the story, so go pick up a copy or uh, uh, listen to it on audio. There you go. Joel did such a great performance. He really, really did. He was a rock star. He's the reason I made it to 46%. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Loyalty to Joel. So. Yeah. Well, and there have been some books that he's read that I've listened to that I have not really been into, but I've stuck around solely for his performance. For his, so. Yeah. Anyway, well, we are on social media. We now, are. Now, our socials have changed a little bit. Yeah, they sure have. So the normal socials that we are on that have not changed that you can continue to find us, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, a gay, a buy, a book. And you can email us at a gay, a buy, a book at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Our home base has changed. Our home base has changed, and it's really... <laughs> It was stupid. It was quite a tumultuous day. I don't know if you all were paying attention last week, but when we went to post our quickie, I was uploading it and I was logging into our platform and um, it said, your podcast has been disabled. And I about just 
my soul left my body. <laughs> it's a real heart stopper Jesus. and not the good and kind. And not in a cute, you know, cartoony kind of way. No, I was like looking down on myself from up above like, oh, shit. <laughs> so it took quite a while with tech support. But apparently Spotify, who runs Anchor, who we had previously had our service with, was in the middle of transitioning and hadn't notified us. <laughs> So they changed from Anchor to Spotify for Podcasters, and we were not notified of it. We got the notification the next day. (laughs) Which was super helpful. It came around the next day after we were all recovering from our (laughs) traumatic few hours with tech support. But we found it. We're in... You can still type in anchor.fm forward slash agaya by a book, and it'll redirect you. I just don't know how long for because (laughs) they haven't communicated that to us either. Fun stuff. Hashtag a little angry. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I had words. I had lots and lots of words. You did, yes. The podcast is safe. It is where it is. I've got it backed up. It's We have multiple copies, but it was just, you know, that's a shit ton of work to have just be disabled overnight Mm -hmm. and not known. So So we are still here. We're still queer and we ain't going anywhere. (laughs) Good luck. Join us next week for our special surprise episode. You will not want to miss it. Yes. And we are so excited. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Be here and be queer. Ooh. I'll do that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Guy. Guy. Okay. I'll buy the book. Oh, mate, I can't, I can't take money from you.